0: Episode 236 of Y'all get to Podcast. I'll be your host today, Patrick. And joining me today are my two crystalline
2: co-hosts. Uh, banter Poop. Uh,
1: comatose. Banter
2: Poop, Jonathan.
1: Oh, shoot. I forgot you got to say your name. You said Banter Poop, and I'm like, that's your name. That's your name. I'm, it's my turn now. Uh, no. I'm sorry, Jonathan. I didn't mean to jump ahead. It's me, Comatose Cole. I don't know where I'm at right now. I feel weird. Today's been weird.
0: Cole is locked in the prison of his own body.
1: It feels like it. I don't know.
0: This, this is what happens when you take too much spice. Like your brain expands past it, your abilities, uh, your body's ability to process it.
1: I, I assume so. Like I just, uh, I watched Dune last week, but ever since I've just been eating uh, three cups of salt a day. I want to get all the water out of my body so I can become dehydrated enough to where I feel like I'm actually on the Arrakis.
0: Yeah. It's called, a uh, salting. It's actually called the salt life. It's real big with, like, kids in the south,
1: apparently. Oh, yeah, and I'm also going to die in a month. It's all worth it.
0: Yeah, because they say when you die, you go to Araki, the, uh, the uh, salt
2: planet. Araki, you mean the, uh, jo- the creator of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? That's right. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'll meet you in Valhalla, Rocky.
2: You know that if if a, if a if ra- he dies, the <laughs> motherfucker is like soaked in formaldehyde or some bullshit. Yeah,
0: he's he's not a a human being that we have a full reckoning of. Anyway, why are we here, Pat? Yeah, today is a very special day. In case you didn't know, or if you did know, congratulations. You could read the title of the episode. Uh, today is the fourth anniversary of me joining AyCH.
1: Four whole Ooh. years! Happy birthday!
0: Yeah, uh, it's it, 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 it's it's a <coughs> it's a little f- funny time of year to, where we uh, do an episode for me, which uh, always felt a little weird, and it feels even more weird now that I'm the lead host. But it also makes for really easy booking on the show. <laughs> First of November, guaranteed episode. Don't have to think about it. Just plug it in and go.
2: Hell yeah.
0: So yeah, that's why... Breezy, right.
2: beautiful cover girl. Yep.
0: So that's right. Uh 208 epig- episodes ago... Epigodes. Epigos, uh epigoing. No, 208 episodes ago, I uh, debuted, and I've been here ever since. You can't get rid of me.
2: Pat, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to ask you to leave.
0: <laughs> you and what army? I got this corkscrew between my fingers... Oh. You heard of brass knuckles? This is cork knuckles. Oh,
1: dear God. What's that? What's
2: huh? <laughs> ah!
0: that? John's got a pen, and it looks kind of pointy.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm very well versed in the art of the shuriken. As as as, <laughs> as many a story that has been told on this podcast will let you know.
0: And John can also make their legs go perpendicular to their body. Oh, dearness.
2: Used to. <laughs> my, my... Hey,
0: I didn't know that until you told me.
2: Well, I mean, I used to be a f- flexible bitch. I'm just saying. Yeah,
1: you were. What was up with that? I just remember you would walk in and just kick really high for no reason. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand why.
0: Yeah, yeah. John be like, "Hey, y'all, so just, hey, y'all!" And just start, and just start. You've heard of throwing hands? <laughs> Jonathan was throwing legs.
2: Yeah, I like literally throwing them. Uh, but I mean, I used to do martial arts when I was really little. That's true. So, like the- like, the big, like, I mean, you keep a lot of that shit until you don't use it for nearly 20 years. But but you know what hasn't expired?
0: Johnson's License to Kill. Oh, gosh.
2: God, if I were to do martial arts right now, I would look like a discount Steven Cigar. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs>
0: but with less human trafficking.
2: <laughs> Much less human trafficking. Holding it down, with zero.
1: (laughs) I I hope. You you,
2: you know, clearing that mighty high bar (laughs) that is committing, you know, some of the worst heinous fucking shit you can imagine. Human trafficking, not even once. Not even once. Just like meth. (laughs) Don't do it, kids. (laughs) Unless
0: you're part of the movement to make meth a recreational drug.
1: I don't know about that one. Which
2: I don't know how I feel about that. That's... Like, because there's some stuff I'm just like, even decriminalizing it, I I don't know. I've seen how much that shit wrecks people. We
1: we live in an area where it's riddled. Everyone. Every family's got a mess story.
2: Oh, yeah. Every family's got a mess story. And and I shit you not, like, ten years ago, around the time when Breaking Bad was on TV, we had a guy just maybe like 20 miles down the road... Who was named Walter White? Who cooked some apparently some killer fucking meth? I didn't sample it for myself. I'm just <laughs> going off a of third hand yeah. information. Oh yeah,
0: John speaking only from third hand experience. Yeah, there definitely wasn't a time where John was uh, was a fiend in the like the and
2: addicts of Alabama. he was called Meth Mall, John. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like the streamer Destiny who who said <laughs> that he uh, he uh, accidentally took meth. I I saw that Damn. I
1: was so out of it. I was like, "What in the hell are you talking about, dude? How do you accidentally do meth? I don't know what you're doing." <laughs> I, I
2: God, I, fucking death. Uh, we're not getting into that. No, it, <laughs> that, that's a <some> bullshit. <laughs> yeah, <we're, laughs>
0: I was actually talking to, with a coworker earlier today. Just about like the absurdity of like how. Like the, just just like wave of now now that like weed is just like a just like an afterthought now like who cares weed is legal, uh in some parts of the country uh but that you know people are just like pushing for like heavy stuff you know like heroin it's it's okay to use you can just use it like it like it's nothing it's just a little feel good bump and it's like I don't know if you can, if just slamming is just gonna be the new thing and, and, but the thing that bothers me the most. About heavy drugs like being decriminalized, it's the fucking bougie white people who are going to like have their little pop up stores in L.A. trying to sell like you know high end like like
2: D tier drugs. God, that, that uh, I'm trying not to imagine that universe. I know at least with like the decriminalizing it, I don't think it means like we're gonna have like meth dispensaries or anything. <laughs> But like even just giving like people who are addicted like a safe place to do it or like you, you know better resources to help people with addiction. You, and, you'd think that'd be easy. You know, just put allocate the money to the right places. Oh, well, I, I remember
0: doing like a specifically a project in um in college, there is this um particular place in Seattle, I believe where they have it's essentially like a safe place for heroin users basically people come in <coughs> and they have a staff there to help them like gives them like fresh water like clean needles like light and like helps them like find the right vein to inject in and while very few of these people see like recovery, because there is a place. Like, hey, if you if you want to stop using heroin, we have resources for that too. Very few of them t- take that resource, but ever since that place opened, like heroin overdoses and like HIV and like you know or blood-transmitted diseases dropped drastically in that area around yeah. that clinic. So, like, say what you will about heroin, uh, when there's like not like this danger in it, like, much less people die, and that's kind of important in what?
2: What? Well, well, and I think because everyone's so scared about getting caught with it, and, and there, there's so many environmental and sociological factors that lead people to start, you know, doing heroin. I mean, it's not like people wake up and it's like, you know what I'm going to do today? Dope.
0: Heroin, it makes you feel brand new. <laughs> it's, it's just like an Allegra commercial, like some white ladies like, dancing through flowers <laughs> with, like, a fucking needle in her arm.
2: It's like, ladies, are you tired of the rest cure? Here's (laughs) some fucking heroin. You want some opiates? Here you go. I'm glad
1: that for Pat's four-year anniversary so far, all we've talked about is hard and heavy drugs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I know. I was like, I I wonder how long we're going to keep this going.
1: Uh, It is funny because I listened back to
0: my first episode earlier today, And uh, Cody was on steroids in my first episode, so I'm just saying. I don't don't know the context of that. (laughs) Because, yeah, don't y'all remember way back in early parts of AYCH where Cody would just get a cough for three solid months?
2: A cough?
0: Like, back in the day, Cody, he was just, like, every year, like, in the fall or something, like, he would just get this constant nagging cough that he just... Could not
2: shape for like a, a literal quarter of the entire yeah. year. Yeah, <coughs> I say that as <laughs> yeah, my, as you I, 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 honestly, up. I have like year-round bronchitis. <laughs> I think Johnson. Ever since Cody moved on to
0: bigger and better things, Johnson disinherited that role on the show. I guess. And also, Wenzel was satanic. Uh,
2: yeah, that's that's par for the course. Yeah. That's
0: on brand. Very much uh, on
2: brand.
0: And I and I will say I was pleasantly surprised listening back to my first episode. I didn't feel like as cringe as I thought I would because uh, I feel like a little pat, little pat on the back, a little pat on the pat, a little tiny yeah, a little pat, pat on, a little tiny pat. There's actually a smaller pat on top of me right now than only I can see.
2: And he's giving you a pat on the back.
0: Yep. Uh, I was actually pretty pleased how it, just easily and. Quickly, I kind of jumped into the the, the the fracas of it all. I know with was a lot of people who start to, you know, are, like, getting used to being recorded for the first time. It's, like, it's an adjustment. It's like, oh, even if you talk to the same people literally five seconds before the, the recording goes on, you're kind of like, yeah, it's fine. But then, like, once that sort of light turns on it's like, realize, oh, this is, like, being performative in a way
2: it it starts to change you have to get in a different mindset to talk i i don't want to say professionally but you 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 know doing something like this where there is some level of performance and theatricality
1: you gotta keep in mind that like you gotta keep it slightly entertaining but you don't want to force it you don't want to make it be like man you are hurting me yeah
2: and i think it just takes some time just like especially like for us who don't really have any sort of media training. Yeah. You, you know, we kind of just have to learn as we go.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> kind of like bull in a China shop. Yeah. We're,
0: we're very autodidactic on this show. Oh yeah. <laughs> like we don't need improv classes and comedy school. We just have a hard knock life. I don't have and, the uh, money
1: for that. I wasn't born into a, a good enough family to so where I could afford to go to comedy school. Who the hell do you think I am?
0: Yeah, like and ne- never would I thought I would be on a comedy comedy program cuz my parents are still married. So like that's all that's also one strike against me. Tisk, tisk. You just don't
2: have fucking trauma, Pat.
0: <laughs> no, I have, to, I have to overcome uh trauma in a different way and just find something that's a that's inherent to my being that just makes my life a lot harder. In the society at large. If only I had that. If only. If only. Uh, If only.
1: How about instead of, every time you eat chicken, make sure it's raw. Uh, That'll be the suffering you endure.
2: It's like, hey doc, I keep getting food poisoning and I don't know why. It's like, have you been eating raw chicken? How do you know? You got salmonella, motherfucker. (laughs) You're here every
0: other week with it. But how gonna get salmonella? It's chicken.
1: That makes sense. Only eggs give you salmonellas.
0: Yeah, uh, then the Rihanna will, will will do a cover of her song "Umbrella," talking about the dangers of food poisoning, salmonella. Ella A A. Oh my God! We, what what years? Then
1: this? we get
2: the, and then we get the DJ Khaled remix with a verse from Nicki Minaj talking about her cousin's friend, big Honkin nuts. <laughs> Yeah, but remember, remember everyone, the vaccine is stored in the balls. Vaccine is stored in the balls, and don't you fucking forget it. Yeah, the microchip, snowflakes.
1: it's gone straight down to my testicles. One testicle is like four sizes bigger.
0: It's, yeah, Colt's got like a lamp like like a he, he, He's so heavy on one side, he starts walking in a circle.
1: It's so bad. <laughs> my balls are massive now. Oh my God, I hate this vaccine. I just need to know when I can get my next one. So I can even it out.
0: Well, you would think when you got one, it, one, it, the first shot would go to one ball, and the second shot would go to the second ball. Apparently, they, they just both went to the same ball. Yeah. Apparently, just they gave Colt like the left serum twice.
1: Oh gosh!
2: It's like left and right twix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. God damn it!
1: But uh, f- what have we been up to? I don't. What's everybody been up to?
0: Um. Yeah, it's been an interesting week. Uh, I'll start off. I got blocked on Twitter by one of my favorite video game developers. Which... 10 out of 10. Uh, in case you're wondering how that happened, um, I made an innocuous tweet way at the start of the day, like in the morning, saying something to the effect of uh, Beautiful Joe, one of my favorite games from uh, 2003, Uh, no Beautiful Joe is one of my favorite games. It's uh, Hideaki Kamiya's Forgotten Child. Hopefully one day he'll remember and we can get a remastered collection. Uh, Now, I did not at the man at all. I just made a simple text tweet with a little gif. And then way later that night, like it was like 9, 10 o'clock, I happened to open Twitter and my mentions were on fucking fire. (laughs) <laughs> so come to find out Hideyuki Kamiya the creator of Beautiful Joe along with other such uh series as Devil May Cry Bayonetta Wonderful 101 uh had just vanity searched my tweet somehow and was just like <laughs> something had something to the effect of I told you a uh, hundred billion times I don't own a Beautiful Joe it's Capcom's IP you idiot and then he like he retweeted like he he tweeted it with my tweet text in his text. It wasn't a retweet or wasn't a quote tweet. It was like he copy pasted my yeah
2: tweet. He does out. it Anyhow.
1: so that like uh, whenever he blocks you, he, you won't be able to see the tweet that he, he quote tweets. So he just copies it. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> so like, so my mentions are just going off all night long. And then, uh, Eventually, I've stopped me able to see his tweets. Like, hold on, what happened? And then, like, it happened. Like, the thing that everybody knows, who knows Hideaki Kamiya for, I got the <laughs> the legendary block.
2: You got the fucking ban hammer. Yeah, and... On you.
0: <laughs> because, if you, in case you don't know, Hideaki Kamiya is a very irascible, ornery guy on Twitter who uh, is set off by the slightest provocation... Uh, some like in some thoughtless comment or thoughtless tweet about his work. And then you don't even have to directly mention it. He will find it somehow. And you don't even and have to say a
1: bad thing about him or his work. You could say, I love Hideki Kamiya's work. I hope it'd be cool if we get like a beautiful Joe 3. I'd love it. Uh, and then he'll reply with, you idiot, you imbecile. How dare you? Uh, Talk to me about Beautiful Joe. You know it's Capcom. I've said this millions of times.
0: It's Like, anything that he deems, like, annoying in that moment, he's just like, fuck you, blocked. Like, his, like, itchy block finger is so legendary that literally on the Kickstarter page for the Switch remaster for Wonderful 101, one of the high-stretch goals was Kamiya was going to unblock everyone on Twitter. (laughs) Oh, Wow. So when like, the Wonderful One O One got the Switch remake, so I guess he emptied out the block list and had to fill it back up.
2: He's like it's hunting Because <laughs>
0: <laughs> like if he if he go to like his Twitter and like his header picture is like literally all these compiled tweets of him just like dog cussing or not dog cussing like just dogging out people, like you stupid imbeciles you he he really likes to use to insult insects. Like you stupid insect, you tiny insect. <laughs> And he just carries on like that, like it, it's it's a it's a known bit on Twitter now, and it, and like nobody's upset that they get blocked. It's, it's almost like a badge of honor at this point.
2: Oh, oh yeah, it's just like hell yeah, I got I pissed off this fucking Japanese man. It's like woo, <laughs> and, it, and so like it's there and there are people who like intentionally
0: go to him in order to get blocked, and it worked, you know, because it doesn't matter what you say to him. You just like if he's just feeling the Holy Spirit, he's just like fuck you, blocked.
1: Well, I get it's a bit, but at the same time, I kind of think, like, man, ah, I don't like it. I don't like the bit. It just feels, uh, I don't know. It makes it rubs me the wrong way.
0: And I I can see how it it could be kind of (coughs) hurtful. Like, if someone's not chronically online, like we are. Yeah, like, like, you made that
1: tweet. I doubt you knew that he tweeted that uh, millions of times that I do not own Beautiful Joe, or the rights to Beautiful Joe. So yeah, yeah, I
0: like I forgot that Beautiful Joe is a, is a, is owned by Capcom. Like he <coughs> doesn't have access to it, so that's why there's never been like a remake from his like a remake or remaster from his end. Like Capcom would have to get the ball rolling on that, and I don't know if you know Capcom, but they're like. Super great with, like, keeping their IPs, like, fresh and into public eye. Outside of, like, various, like, little gotcha stuff or something. They're getting better. Well, they're mean, getting
1: better. Like, Resident Evil, uh, Resident Street Evil? Fighter, yeah. they're only ones that fucking get any recognition. Uh, Monster Hunter's getting way better, though.
0: I mean, there's a Devil May Cry, like, DLC for... Monster. I guess our, our only hope for Beautiful Joe is if it's somehow a DLC in, like, Resident Evil or <laughs> Monster Hunter or Street Fighter or something.
2: Uh, Beautiful Joe in Resident Evil would just be fucking funny.
0: I mean, oh God, like, they, cause after after the day after, like, the blocking incident, like, I went down a rabbit hole just, like, just reliving my memories of Beautiful Joe because mm-hmm. that that's easily one of my favorite games of all time and like it's it's kind of just like this franchise that was left hanging you had like two main entries a couple of white spinoff games and then they were positioned to do a third one but then the that original studio closed i think i think okami is one of the last games Clover Studio made. I
2: like, I remember when that game came out because it was pretty big, and I remember the ads for it everywhere, and wanting to play it, but just never getting around to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, it,
0: and, uh, and in case you don't know, Beautiful Joe was this uh, GameCube game originally it came out two thousand three. It's like this two and a half D side-scrolling beat 'em up, essentially, and it, and it's very much flavored by Tokusatsu and, like, like, the Japanese superhero genre. And, like, it, it, it's, it's sort of funny to think that, you know, I was, like, predisposed to like this game because, like, it's, it's, in a lot of people's estimation, it's the best Kamen Rider game ever made. Yeah. Because it, it's very that, like, you know, 1970s and 80s Toku, like, the lone hero with the helmet and the scarf fighting off all these different monsters, taking on a shadowy organization. And it just has, like... You know, that Kamiya, like, style. Like, he's just over-the-top, like, stylish, action-heavy, and just, like, just oozes, like, charisma and just, like, imagination, which is, like, all of his games are known for. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of really cool stuff that Kamiya does, and, you know, your mile was made very on his, like, his t- Twitter personality.
1: Yeah, I love his work, though. 100% love his work. His bits, not so much.
0: Yeah, work, work uh work on the bits there, Kamiya. Then maybe I consider following you again.
1: I mean, you can't. You're blocked, Pat. You're banished to the Shadow Realm unless some other game gets kickstarted.
0: Yeah. Well, I I might have some folks on the inside. You don't know.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> Pat was friends with him the entire time. It's an inside. Yeah, and, and that
0: it, it was actually like a big like publicity stunt. For the show, it cost about eighteen thousand dollars.
2: Yay, more dead. <laughs>
0: but don't worry, y'all don't have to pay for it. Okay. Oh, neither do I, honestly. Th- thank to some um, legal switcheroos, uh, a different Patrick is now footing that bill.
1: Oh fuck! Oh no! <laughs>
2: we just ruined a guy's life.
0: Well, no, it, 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 this guy was already dead. I just, I just pulled a. Uh, 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 Someone who had my same name out of a court registry.
2: That that immediately goes to the family. That's even worse.
0: (laughs) The best part is they all died at the same
2: time. It's going to somebody, Pat. (laughs)
0: Hey, I I, I researched this thoroughly. I did not economically crash somebody. It's a victimless crime, Jonathan.
2: I don't know. Something tells me it's not. Someone's (laughs) getting fucked at the end of this. And I have a feeling it's going to be like a
1: 50th cousin or something.
0: 50th cousin. <laughs> well, that was my week. What did y'all get up to?
1: Uh, for me, it's been a kind of uneventful week. It's just been uh me playing a lot of Assassin's Creed. I recently beat in Platinum's uh, Valhalla, the latest entry in the series. Absolutely love the game. Uh, I didn't know any of the lore beforehand or the story from past games. So I didn't realize it was as crazy as it was. Uh, whoa. Because whoa. Uh, uh, this is a general spoiler for every Assassin's Creed game. If you've played the early ones 10 years ago, you'll probably know this. But every god's real. Every religion, every god is real. So that shit fucked me up as soon as I found that out, and uh, after beating Valhalla, I went back immediately, I'm playing Odyssey, going back to fight the Greeks, or be a Greek, I don't know, I'm only 40 something minutes into it, Uh, but after that, oh shoot, I watched Phantasm last night, the movie with the creepy old man in the flying ball. Thing. Oh
0: yeah, oh yeah, that, that's a definitely a very under-commented on uh, horror series.
1: Uh, the, the movie's mostly boring, but it's really—it's got some cool things in it that I really liked. Uh, it's got a few cool scenes, but uh, the music is what was uh, my favorite part about the entire movie. The music's fantastic. I don't know who did the music, but boy, it was just amazing.
2: Let's see. We are about to find out. I, 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 I,
0: I, well, I know I've mentioned it somewhere before, but one of the weirdest things i thought about the the Phantasm franchise is that the entire series takes place like re- in relatively short amount of time in-universe. Like, I know the first movie is about like a young boy and gets mixed up with a tall man. But then like every sub- every subsequent movie, it's like, oh yeah, this takes place a year later and every character is supposed to be like in their 20s or 30s or whatever, but they're like real life actors are drastically
1: older in each installment. Yeah, I- I'm interested in watching more because it, se- it had some fun moments. Uh, it was weird how it just like ripped stuff straight from Dune. Uh, like, uh, the the first thing that they ripped was the very beginning of the movie. They have this little boy going to this, uh, psychic person that, like, he's like, I want to know about this, if I'm doing this, will my brother leave the town, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, put your hand in this box. And, uh, he puts his hand in the box and he starts feeling pain. And the little girl's like, don't feel the pain. Uh, f- uh, fear is the killer. Fear is the killer. Not saying mind killer. Fear is the killer. And the little kid's like, <laughs> that's oh. that's straight up from Dune, like unambiguously. And the, the the little boy's like, oh, so if I if I don't fear, the pain goes away and the pain just stops. And I uh, give the old lady twenty bucks and then she makes the boxes appear. It's it's got some weird things going on there the little drone thing that silver ball with the spikes on it it reminds me of the uh, little assassin drone that they have in the Dune universe that if you've seen the new Dune movie you saw it in action that feels like it's stripped from Dune and also the place, the bar in the town is called like Dune's Bar they had a lot of Hmm. inspiration going on there
2: yeah they, they were probably paying homage to Dune because that'd be around the. Because it was pretty popular when it came out, right? And that book was written what in the early fifties.
1: Yeah, it was a uh, sixty-five. Uh, yeah, Dune's always been popular. It makes sense, I mean, S-
2: but Star Wars is heavily inspired by Dune. Oh yeah, a hundred percent.
1: This makes me want to throw up. Just ripping the uh, Gamjabar scene.
2: there's
0: there's a Dune reference in Billy and Mandy. They said Gamjabar. Oh, there is? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the episode of Billy and Mandy where um, Mandy is in a talent show or like a beauty contest. And the, the little snotty girl, like the, there's it, like a montage. There's like rapid cut gags. And the last one is like, gom jabbar. Like she st- she sticks her hand in the thing. she just like, it burns. And she, <laughs> she freaks out. And it's like, okay, well, that's a, a cut.
1: That's real good. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Yep. Uh but uh I watched Phantasm. It was okay. Uh then I watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh like 2 hours ago. Really really fun movie. Uh there was one scene that had me actually laughing pretty hard and it was the very end scene. Spoilers.
2: Yeah, I know about what you're about to talk about. Yeah.
1: Spoilers for the end of the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Uh, the mom was waving away to it as her daughter was driving off in the Freddy Mobile. And then she just gets yoinked through the the house d- door window. It was so good. I don't know how they did that. I think they just put a mannequin and oh, ripped and it through the window. was clearly
2: like an inflatable ball.
0: Just yanked it in. And what's sp- funny about that scene other than this the, the inherent hilarity of it is that the studios like asked, or I guess maybe maybe pressed uh, Wes West Craven to give the movie like a more like a darker ending because re- apparently the, the original draft for the movie had like a is a pretty oh op- a pretty definitive happy ending and the studios like yeah we, we need it we need some, something a little bit more spunk to it so, make, give it this like more like darker, more mysterious ending, which is what
1: we got. Yeah, and that's exactly what you got. But, uh... Uh,
0: but yeah, but the whole like, <laughs> Mama just get joint like like you said, just through that little tiny hole in the door is one. It's so absurd and shocking. It's like you just can't help but laugh. But then we kind of like see the datedness of it. It's even more funny. Oh yeah. But it's it still it's still a good bit. It's a great bit. Uh, I remember when we watched it, John and I, last year together, we were just sort of uh, uh, taken by a few points. One, why is it in every 1980s show or movie that the protagonists live in these fucking, like, comically large mansions?
2: Like, uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street house just is now just up for sale. And it's like... Three million dollars. I'm Oof. like, holy shit. I mean, it's a big house. I mean, I, I imagine it's in L.A. Yeah. So of course, you know, a cheap house in L.A. is going to be at least a mill. And it's like literally, it, it, three people live in that house. And it's like, and, and it, it's literally like a sorority. It is literally a sorority house. It, like the whole, like you can fit two,
0: fa- two of the entire families. From uh, Home Alone in that fucking house.
2: Oh, exactly. It's like seven bedroom, five and a half bath or some bullshit. It's like,
0: what is this fucking Sarah Winchester mystery mansion bullshit?
1: <laughs> and they only used like three rooms in the basement for the whole movie.
2: Oh, for like the boiler room stuff? yeah i mean yeah i mean granted there's not like a lot you can do with that too i mean i mean, eventually you're gonna have to you're gonna be like doing you know the same parts just shooting them at different angles yeah
1: yeah
0: but yeah, yeah we had we had a lot of fun when we watched uh og nightmare uh last year i'm i still plan to watch the gay one the second one uh, at some point.
2: I plan on watching all of them, honestly.
0: And then there's there's a really cool documentary on Shutter I've been waiting to watch until I watched uh, the second one, that's a called Scream Queen. This is about the um, main actor from Nightmare on Elm Two, and sort of like the fallout of that film, it, one it being so gay coded, and him being a closeted gay man in this era, and how that kind of affected his career. Both then and going forward,
1: hmm. I'm curious because uh, on Letterbox the second one has got a very. It's the lowest score of the earlier ones. It's like two point seven, which isn't that bad, but it's still lower than expected.
0: I know. Well, I know that from, from kind of like a, the looking into a little bit. The big reason why it's it's so low is because it's very very different from the first one as a lot of people feel like it doesn't feel like a nightmare on Elm Street movie and but like they just they just kind of went in a different direction for the second one and yeah. but in, in a lot of ways like I guess like even during the time and especially now like because it has this like different story and like different direction and you know of course all the 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 gay subtext like it it's found like this new life as a mm-hmm piece of queer cinema.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, whether <laughs> un- unintentionally, like there's a, there's a lot of back and forth about like the making of the movie, but like it has, it has its like sin- sincere pre- appreciators now.
2: And, and it seems like, especially these long running horror franchises, there's usually one that is clearly like the black sheep. Yeah. What, uh, you know, whether that be like Halloween three or nightmare two or like a very like at least a very Jason X polarizing. It's, it's really interesting to
0: see like which ones are kind of like simultaneously like beloved and like hated. Because like Halloween three, uh is is it's, it's like it's stands out because like one because the first because three was going to be the point where they wanted to turn Halloween into like this anthological franchise. Like each sequel will be like a different story under, like, just a Halloween banner. But they definitely we, went
1: back on that.
0: Because, like, because three underperformed under so badly compared to... People wanted Michael Myers, and, like, they sort of went back to that. And I
2: feel like if they were going to do the anthology, they should have done it with two.
0: Yeah. Like, especially considering, like, like the story behind two. Apparently, because uh, John Carpenter and his wife got fucking, like, tit-rock drunk and wrote the script
2: for it yeah because that was the only way they could physically make themselves do it
0: yeah because they didn't want to make a sequel to that and then like it's like well oh, fuck here we go and like and, and plus one of the things that always like has my curiosity is like all these different like jumping off points for the series like all, all the what could have been like in Uh, Friday the 13th four, Corey Feldman's character is like implied to be evil at the end after they kill Jason. Like he was going to take over to be the bad guy or in Halloween for uh, Daniel Harris and the Michael's niece. She sort of inherited his evil and then she was going to take over as like the villain. But then like all these things kind of wish washed and kind of like, Turned the car back around, so they didn't happen. So I'm always wondering, like, what the what ifs could have been yeah. for like a lot of these things.
2: But yeah, uh, a lot of times, you know, what what's necessarily popular may not be the most interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but.
0: whatever. There's the tide of, is always kind of affected by like the popular interest and what makes the most money, even if it's like the more interesting option doesn't make the most money.
2: Well, like uh, I re- I clearly remember a time when like Halloween 3 was was unanimously thought of as a bad movie. Yeah. Like like it's it's interesting to see how like over really is like the past like decade and a half. It's like critical reevaluation. Like sort of in real time. Yeah. Where it's a, now? It's almost like 180. Like people love what that movie represents and is.
0: Yeah, right. Like in, in a lot, of, in a lot of ways, it's more beloved than maybe what like what this series is known for. Oh yeah. So it, it's always interesting to see like what's pe- like what people champion is like the strong points of this series. Like I know there's people who like love Jason X and it's just goofy. <laughs> Bullshit.
2: It's literally Jason in space.
0: Yeah. Like, he's a cyborg and he kills people in space. And a lot of people think, like, that's fucking uh, rock stupid. A lot of people like Halloween Resurrection because Buster Rhines fucking fights
1: Michael Myers.
2: That did exist. Gosh. And, like, it, I need to watch and, the like,
1: Halloween series. <laughs>
2: yeah, I man. Like, look at
1: Buster Rhines now.
2: Like, like, the thought of, like, going through all the. Halloween movies I don't know seems a little exhausting and then I'm like I'm the motherfucker who bought the entire Leprechaun series on Blu-ray and very much intends to watch all of them
0: yeah (laughs) so
2: like I really have no room to talk
0: and I I want to say I heard earlier this year that oh goodness that there is going to be a new edition of Halloween Four? Uh, either 4 or 5 where there is an alternate opening to the film that's added back into it it's been like, it's called like the Dr. Death opening mm-hmm. and it's, it's something that's been known in the horror circles but like because it's never been officially released, it's like this this extra cut that this gets passed around in like the, the back rooms or whatever that it's finally being added into the into a, an official release of it. Okay. So that that'd be interesting to see. And I know like four and five are a more malign portion of that series, but like it, it too is you know like anything. It, it, if it exists long enough, someone's gonna become you know a champion for it.
1: But uh, uh, but that's not
0: the yeah sorry go ahead. I was gonna go.
1: say, but yeah, the, the, uh, my week's been very weak. It's been a week. And uh, I guess earlier today after I finished uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, I picked up Dune Messiah again, and I'm loving it. It's a good book. They got some cool stuff in there.
2: Uh, Which one is this?
1: It's the second one. The second one. As soon as I finished the first book, I started this one, got halfway through, and then just dropped it because uh, reading was very hard for me. As in, I can't focus very long, or I couldn't focus long enough, uh, and I'd get very distracted. And uh, I had just finished the first Dune book, and I said, I need a break.
2: Yeah, I remember when I was trying to go through the uh, the Game of Thrones books. Like, I would be like, I'd finish one, and th- those are fucking monsters. And I'd be like, alright, I'm gonna start the second one. I'd get, like, a couple chapters in and just be burnt out. <laughs>
0: Because, uh, uh, y'all talked about it briefly in chat, but like, kind of like you have to, like, r- if you haven't read books in a while, you kind of have to reacclimate your body t- and brain to, like, reading again, essentially, especially for, like, an ex- extended period.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I used to be a very voracious reader. Like, I mean, hell, that was part of my degree I didn't get. But, uh,. I guess it was because being in English in college, like, you read so much, and it's stuff that's really fucking dense. Yeah. So, uh, I just kind of got burnt out on the whole thing and haven't read in, like, five years, really. It
0: makes sense. If, if like, something that you enjoy is kind of made to be, like, work, and it's just kind of, like, pushed on you, it's very easy to see how, like, You just don't want to do that for a while because it's no longer the thing you enjoy. It's just like this obstacle almost.
2: Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's my week. Nothing much. Anybody else got a week?
2: I mean, not really all that much. Just chilling, getting the spooky season, getting ready for all the festivities and stuff. Been watching a lot of movies, a lot of spooky movies.
1: That's true. Uh, When this goes up, it will no longer be Halloween, but... We got we got three days left. I got time to watch some stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, if if you live in this house, uh, it's spooky year round. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like November is just gonna be like Halloween part two for us. I mean <laughs> well, that's, that's
1: how it is for me. I I watch scary movies year round. Uh, I don't even know a time frame when I stop. Uh, cause I'm scared all the time, and yeah. I need help.
0: Yeah, Cole is uh, shivering as we speak. We actually have to edit it out of the episode.
1: You he just hear the bones rattling, like
0: like <laughs> he's just like whimpering and like just jerking his head around, looking what's in the corner. But uh, what what was what on the movies we watched, John? There.
2: Uh, let's see. We you want to go through the ones that we watched together? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, did we mention on the last time we watched the original Scream?
0: No, I don't think we, we talked about watching the Scream yet.
2: But anyway, we watched the first two Scream movies, and have to say they're pretty fun.
0: Yeah, as someone who didn't watch or really have like much, I guess interest honestly in Scream until this year, like I really like Scream now. Like Scream's probably like quickly becoming one of my favorite horror series.
2: Oh yeah, it's I, I I've, I've thought like all the like, the meta commentary would get on my nerves but i mean especially when you take it in the context of like 96 and 97 yeah like i mean the shit like that didn't exist
0: so like when there's like there's definitely by today's standards like some heavy-handed reference like it's like mm-hmm. it's pretty like obvious what they're calling out but at the same time up until this point that that didn't exist so like it's very just like oh my god they're doing that and i and plus like with a lot of the the big moments from Screamer are, are, are kind of known now, at least in the, to some respect. So like that opening scene with Drew Barrymore, like that yeah. fucking gagged the whole fucking nation. Because it didn't do that well on, on its first release, but then like word of mouth pushed it to number one at like 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 a month after they got put back into the theaters. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, because people were just like, "Holy shit, did you see this fucking movie?" And so we watched, uh, we watched one and two. We we planned to watch the rest, and then Screen Five comes out in January.
2: That is true. Hopefully, the January release date. Hope it doesn't smell doom for that movie. Yeah, hopefully not. Um, because
1: I know y'all been watching stuff for Cajun greatness, but y'all save that for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, me and Pat watched this uh, found footage movie called Lake munko. Yeah. yeah. And that was, like, legit one of the spookiest movies I've seen in a while. Like, just as far as, like, inducing, like, a, a level of dread.
0: Because I remember, I, I, really, like, we started it, and then, like, Canon and eventually Liz, they all joined us, too, and they were kind of like, oh, fuck. And, and, like, throughout. And plus, the movie takes so many turns. Like, we won't go into that here, because... A lot of the you know, like feeling is should be best preserved for the viewers if you haven't seen it, but the general plot is kicked off with a young girl who go who goes missing at a at a family function at a lake, and then her body is found. And then the story is sort of told through this faux documentary about it, and just like all the different places it goes, and there's like some genuinely like surprising and scary moments. Like, I remember different points being like, oh, fuck. Yeah, well,
1: and well, there was so and, and, many... Uh, I watched this movie sometime this summer, and oh my god, there's so many moments where it's like, I see something there. Why isn't that being brought up? There's something right there. Why are they not talking about it? But then it wraps around later in the movie. And, and, and,
2: yeah, because it's kind of really low quality. Like, the movie was shot in like mid2000s yeah so there's there's like a lot of like really crappy phone camera quality but that adds to the the horror of it. but yeah like I, I don't think HD does this movie very well because like if you, if it wasn't if you didn't have such such a clear picture you you like Colt said there would be like things in the corner that you would see you'd be like wait is that something over there? But then they'll zoom into something else on the screen. And by the end of the movie, you'll see, like, the same picture.
0: Like, a few different times, and it's, like, all and, this other stuff happening in it. Yeah,
2: yeah, in the background that you're not noticing. And when it, it like, highlights it, it's just like, holy shit, that's fucked.
0: And cause I, I remember, like, we were all, like, kind of, like, on edge. Like, I remember I was sitting next to the window, and I was kind of, like, trying not to look out the window while I was watching this movie. Because I was like in like just the spooky like the spooky zones like ah oh, fuck I don't want to turn around and see like somebody fucking standing on our porch just like looking dead eyed down our window
2: oh yeah and, and it was it was a very sad movie
0: yeah but, if, if, if like while there is like some general like spooky and scary vibes like the overall tone of the movie is very tragic
2: yeah it's it, yeah it was just really sad uh, when I made the connect the uh, the Twin Peaks connection with it, I'm like, oh, this makes so much more sense now. Yeah. Uh,
0: Talking yeah. about like big big media series that have like like long reaching influences, like we talked oh, yeah. about with Dune and Phantasm and now Twin Peaks with Lake Mungo.
2: With Lake Mungo,
0: we gotta go to Mungo, Morty.
2: We gotta go to Mungo to get me cube. <laughs>
0: Like, after the movie, we were just kind of, like, having this conversation, and we just break into, like, Bushland Adventures, Rick and Morty bits.
2: (laughs) It was almost, like, our way of deflecting from, like, the actual, like, tragedy of that movie. We gotta go to Mungo! Uh, And then the last movie we watched together was the first Sam Raimi Evil Dead. Yeah. Which, uh... I've been super familiar with the franchise. Uh, I think Evil Dead Two is probably like my favorite horror movie, and I love Army of Darkness to death. But like, I, I never really watched the first one. Like, I'd seen bits and pieces over the years, but you, you know, it's like, well, I mean, it's like the second movie is kind of a remake as well as a sequel, so it's like. You kind of don't need to watch the first movie; you can just go straight into Evil Dead Two, and that is a more cohesive vision. But I, even now, still really enjoy the first Evil Dead. Like, and, and despite it being very low budget, shot in the late seventies, there's still some stuff in it that that was just like genuinely like scary and like,
0: like unnerving. Like, and just like w- what they're able to accomplish. With such a small budget, like to mm. like to me, one of the best like practical effects is when um, Ash's girlfriend gets stabbed in the foot.
2: Oh god, yeah! Like
0: that was like, oh fuck, that was like somebody's actual leg that just got like mutilated.
2: Yeah, it was. It was, and, and, and they hold on it, and,
0: and once she's just like digging the pencil into like her fucking like Achilles.
2: Yeah. And, and and even like if the makeup is kind of goofy, which, I mean, which it is. The to me, the sound design in the movie is just like the, especially the voices of the the deadite or I don't think they were called deadites at this point. But, but
0: you maybe. know, like the possessed demonic uh, characters.
2: Yeah, and, and, and the movie got it was was really like loud at points. Just, yeah like when like characters are just screaming and laughing and uh I would give the movie a lot higher score but
0: uh, I mean everybody knows like that scene from Evil Dead Yeah
2: it's just like, well,
1: It's just not necessary like, You don't need like, that
2: why, why 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 like it was so uncomfortable I'm like dude why did we have to have the rape tree we didn't and, need that.
0: And even and Sam Raimi is like has gone back to say he's like, yeah, look, if I were to redo that movie today, I wouldn't include the, the rape tree scene.
2: Yeah, but I think they were like 19 or 20 years old. I mean, that doesn't excuse it, but it's like, oh, it makes sense.
0: It's kind of like you know, if it, if it's it, trying to make some like a provocative movie, like someone who's younger who doesn't think about certain things, be like, oh, let's just put something really fucked up in it, you know, when really. What did, like what else they could have done to to, to elicit that horror and not do that? One uh, one thing about the makeup that going back or back got really kind of fucked with me is just like the the full white contacts they had. Yeah, and like hearing the, like hearing the kind of the stories of them like getting the makeup was kind of like an- anxiety inducing because apparently they said the contacts they wore f- for the Dead Eye parts were quote. As thick as glass.
2: Ugh. Yeah, like, the, like there's a scene where uh, Ash's girlfriend is like fully possessed and coming after him, and, and she cannot see at all. So like Bruce Campbell's having to like help, you know, kind of help move her around while also making it look natural too. Yeah.
0: So like, there's a, like a lot of really cool stuff. I, w- one kind of issue I had with it. uh additionally it was like it was like fun of the movie is, I kind of feel like the second half really suffers from pacing because it feels like it just goes, like the movie is not long but kind of feel like this portion of the film is like okay, it could probably had tidied this up a little bit.
2: Yeah, and, and this movie is going for more of the straight horror, so yeah. there's not as many of the gags as there are in two, like the fight with the hand him just going crazy and all the, like, deer heads that are mounting on the wall are going crazy. Like, it, it, like it, it, there, there's, there's, like, individual bits that they build on in the sequel that, you, you know, this just kind of feels a little ho-hum by but It, it, it is
0: funny to, to see, like, especially when you have, like, a certain tone or style that's kind of, like, signature for a series... They go back to the early portion of it and be like, for that's really established. Yeah. It's like after after we finished Evil Dead, like I went on my own and watched the Evil Dead TV show that's on that was recently put on Netflix. And like it is just like really like goofy and like action y and like Bruce Campbell is just being like this swaggering like comic book character and like it's night and day who he is in the first movie. He's he's almost kind of like he's just like regular dude. is put got to do some fucked up shit. It's like oh god, like he's like he gets thrown around like eighteen times in the movie, just like thrown in the walls and the bookshelves and shit. Yeah, like he just gets slapped around. Like and he's not the 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 protagonist until like it's kind of like revealed that he's the final character.
2: Yeah, very much so, and <clears throat> and, and like even like by Army of Darkness I don't really consider Army of Darkness a horror movie I mean that that really has more in common with like Buster Keaton and Three Stooges than it does with horror but I think one of the big things with this movie that I think I appreciated more than actually sitting down and enjoying the experience because like you said after stuff starts to happen I feel like it kind of plays its hand a little too early. Mm -hmm. And really, by the hour mark, everyone but Ash is either turned or dead.
0: Yeah, but there's still like 20 more minutes to go of him just like dealing with the the, the shit happening. But it had like
1: an amazing ending where everybody turned into cream corn.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah. love how much goop there was in this movie.
2: Yeah, like, like uh, I really love the stop motion and, God, the cinematography. Like, the opening shot of the movie is, like, over a lake, and it, you, you know, the, there's the famous Raimi tracking shot.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, and it's like, how did these dipshit kids do this in, like, the middle of Tennessee in the late 70s? Yeah,
0: for, like... With, like, no... Fifteen thousand dollars or some shit.
2: Yeah, it was like hella inexpensive.
0: <coughs> so, yeah. uh, like, it, like it's still like a, a like a, a strong film that's worth seeking out with the proper uh, cautions.
2: Yeah. Uh, continuing on the same Sam Raimi track, because after we watched Evil Dead, I was. I was just in the mood. Like I'm, I'm, I'm debating on getting the Spider-Man set because I've been, I haven't seen those movies in years. But uh, I, on my own, I watched "Drag Me to Hell," and <laughs> that, that is like it's just a buck fucking wild movie that I would. Give a higher score to if it was like if just like the conceit of the movie was because it's like hella capital P problematic.
0: If the whole thing of like I don't, I don't know how to like to say it other than to say it, but like the whole like gypsy curse, you it, know, that's not that's not like a <clears throat> a friendly word to use in that position, but but for lack of. Better term. Uh, Let's
2: just say, like the Romani woman. Yeah, like curses. like the slighted Romani so, woman. So, so we avoid the slur.
0: Yeah. So that that's the the plot of the film. Like yeah. She, like she pisses off this old lady who hits her with a curse, and then it just gets wild and like. Uh, according to John's review, pretty gross.
2: There, there were a couple times in the movie I I nearly puked. It was a lot of puke and a lot of like bile
0: just like just like the gross bodily fluids
2: yeah and apparently like the, the i was watching the unrated version but like the uh apparently the movie was released at theaters PG-13 and I was like i guess the MPAA doesn't have a problem with vomit cuz guy there, there there's one scene where she's at the funeral of the lady uh, spoilers i guess this is about halfway through the movie and through just like <laughs> comical absurdist shenanigans the the body ends up falling on top of her and then like the embalming fluid just like pours out of the old lady's mouth into her mouth <laughs> and there's a lot of like puking in people's mouths and it, it's it, just
0: a family guy bit where they're like what they just puke for like 20 minutes
2: yeah uh, but like if you can look past the uh, the, initial, the the problematic aspects of the initial conceit of the movie it, it is so much fun it is I, I think even better than like Evil Dead 2 really threads the needle between horror and comedy because I mean it is there are parts of the movie that are genuinely like big scares but then like like, there's one point, uh, there's this demon gets pushed into a goat, and the goat starts talking, and it's like, You think you can do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I, 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 my brain broke. It, it's a really, it's a really fun movie, but just, just know about that going in. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's mostly what I've been up to.
0: Nice. Uh, off, uh, record, how wh- what are we at right now?
2: We're at 61 minutes. Okay, uh,
0: y'all. Okay, uh, y'all want to wind down now, or you y- have anything more you want to say? I don't have anything,
2: I'm, I'm, okay. I'm good with winding now.
0: All right, well, I think we uh, <clears throat> well, I think this has been a good uh anniversary show. Like, you know, we just we just hung out and shot some shit, much like the very first podcast, you know, uh, because it's like Behind the curtain, I did plan to do like another like research introduction show where I do I would go into detail about something I like and introduce it to the cast. But just with how busy we've been uh, personally and just like all the other shows that we do now, because we didn't actually have three shows to do back in 2017. So like we definitely are a little more busy now. But um, so I wasn't able to do as much research and kind of flesh it out like I wanted to. I plan to revisit the topic, just at a later date when I have more time to devote to it. Yeah. But overall, I think this was just a fun show. You know, after a, after a month full of themed content, it's fun to have just like a just a hangout talking uh, banner show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we have a cannon coming in at the end. Enjoying uh, some sort of uh, burger. Oh, it's
2: the McRib. It's the McRib season. My first episode of this show.
1: Because of this bastard, and look what came early. <laughs>
2: Christmas did come early
1: to Cannon. <laughs> Justin is pissed. <laughs> oh no! It
0: was supposed to come out the first. <laughs> yeah, the the, the 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 McRib dropped early, uh, and Justin, the Saint of McRib, as far as AYC is concerned, uh, hasn't gotten one yet. Oh, so, wow. uh, but uh, but there. I would say now that the McRib is back, there might be some more McRib content in the future. Mm. So I'll uh, look look forward to that, or look forward to what else we do coming forward in the month of November. Because I think we, we have a lot of really fun stuff planned for you this month, and a lot of big stuff happening in uh, in our real lives too. So uh, oh, it's yeah. going to be a big month uh, on air and off air too. But thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, view, subscribe wherever podcasts are found SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. We're on all of those and more. Be sure to like, rate, view, subscribe on all of those. Keeps us visible, puts us in front of new people. We always appreciate you when you do it. Uh, follow us on our socials on Twitter and Instagram at AYC's Podcast, Letterboxd, and Facebook at All You Can Hear. Twitch at twitch.tv slash All You Can Hear. And YouTube is also at All You Can Hear. And you can follow me, Patrick, on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterbox. John lost his name and my art on Facebook. At John lost his name art.
2: My name is John. You can follow me on Twitter at j o n i i b o y twenty four and John on twelve on Letterbox.
1: Uh, my name's Colt. Follow me on Twitter, Colt D 0 Uh, do me a favor and go outside and eat the leftover pumpkins from off people's porches.
0: But, uh, you're doing your civic duty, and it's uh, better for the environment. Also, that might be another uh, drug because people have animals have eaten uh, fermented pumpkins and they get uh, tick rot drop. So, look into that. And also, you can't be arrested for
1: eating pumpkins. It's not a crime unless it is. Then it is.
0: And then we don't we don't endorse the cool crime of eating pumpkins off of people's porches. Yeah. Uh, And then that's one to grow on, folks. Have a good night.
1: Bye bye. (laughs)